episode two of Ask Logical. Thanks for all the people who watched episode one and all the feedback that you provided. I've taken a few of those ideas on board. Um, I would recommend for people um, getting this video from iTunes. I know that means installing the software, etc. Uh, but it is a much better sort of service and the downloads are much quicker from there. Blip TV seems to be very good for some people but not for others. Um, as I've said, I've taken some of the ideas on board, so we'll be playing around with some of the different formats, uh, a different background today. You will notice at different times a lot of bird noises, car noises, um, and there is a train a long way away that will probably pick up. Uh, this is the Central Coast, for those who've never seen it before, of New South Wales. Uh, and I guess the other thing I wanted to mention was, please send in those questions. Uh, I have a few for this week, but more would be great. It also gives me a greater uh, range of choice. Um, if I can't answer the questions here, I'll answer them on the blog. So let's get started with the first question. So the first question today was regarding the rate of speech uh, when giving a presentation or a training session. Um, now I actually do think that some people get a little bit paranoid with this and in fact their rate of speech is quite acceptable. Uh, but if you're looking at the experts, um, they would give you the range that uh, 125 words per minute is probably too slow. It can be very boring if it is that slow. Uh, 150 or thereabouts uh, words per minute is around about the right rate and 175 is getting into the area where it's way too fast for most people to follow. Um, now in fact in that whole range there you, you could move around there and most people would find it quite okay. Obviously some people if it was a, a very sort of technical sort of speech very difficult information to take in, the faster the rate of speech then it's going to make it more difficult. Um, and also if, if the topic's not that exciting um, and is a little bit sort of boring in itself, then if you're talking very slowly it will also make it much more boring. Um, so we've got to play around with our rate of speech a little bit as well. But I guess the key thing here is well how do you know if you're talking too fast or not? Um, and I've got a couple of tips for that. but. I think one of the key things is you've got to be very conscious of your own rate of speech inside. In other words, you've got to listen to yourself and that's probably one of the best guides. Um, why do we actually have a tendency sometimes to speak too fast? Probably pretty obvious. Uh, it's either nervousness and typically that does go away as the speech or training session proceeds and the second one um, is enthusiasm. In other words, we really know our topic, we love the topic, we're very enthusiastic about the topic and hence we actually sort of speed up because of our enthusiasm. Both of those are fueled by an um, adrenaline and we can control that. So a couple of tips on how to deal with a too quick rate of speech. Okay, so I guess the first three things. One, start listening to yourself more often uh, as you're actually talking. It takes a little bit of practice to get used to that but Listen to how you're talking, listen to your speech rather than just talking. Um, and you can actually do that once you practice it. Now, that will actually start to tell you whether you're talking too fast or not too fast um, or too slow. Um, one of the things to watch out for here is if all your words seem to start to run together and if you're tripping over words, uh, making mistakes. Uh, the other key little sort of sign is that you're running out of breath quite often. In other words, you seem to be talking fairly quickly and then sucking in some air and then off you go again. Um, that's a dead giveaway for someone who's talking too fast. 
Uh, a really good technique is to videotape yourself, just like this, uh, or just record um, sound, um, which you can actually do, say, with a mobile phone now. So record yourself uh, in the first part of your training session and see what it sounds like when you play it back. Another really good method is getting feedback from people you trust um, who are reliable in this area. Uh, all of those three things will give you a good idea whether you consistently talk too fast or not. Uh, if you talk too fast on one occasion, I mean, it's probably not a big problem, but if it's a consistent thing that the video, the recording, uh, feedback and your own monitoring tells you, then yes, there's probably some things you need to do. First tip, um, it's an old one and a lot of presenters use it, is before you actually start a presentation, which is most likely the area you're going to talk very fast in, is take a couple of deep breaths until you actually feel your body start to slow down. Now this could be 5 deep breaths, this could be 10, it could be 15, it could be 20, but continue to do this deep cycle breathing until you notice that you're actually getting very calm and that you in fact have, in a sense, slowed your whole body down. Now this will start to bring in control of your voice as well. Uh, a little tip that I use is that if I know that I'm sort of nervous uh, and I'm also fairly enthusiastic about my topic, I shuffle things around a lot. In other words, I get myself organised, get the papers right, might be sort of setting up my computer, um, trying out a whole different set of things. And this is actually calming me down. So I might do this for about five minutes. Um, another tip that a lot of presenters use, and it's quite often uh, a thing that you can use very easily if there's a sort of a coffee area before your training session or presentation, is have a talk to the audience. Have a chat to people. Um, ask them what they expect and you know, where do they come from, what sort of work they do, all those sorts of things. But in the process of doing that, you're actually burning off some of that energy and slowing yourself down. So rather than sort of isolating yourself and starting cold, uh, warm yourself up into it by talking to a range of people so that when you actually get up there and start, you've already been talking for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, and this does tend to burn off some of that, that energy. The last little tip in this area is Again, be very conscious of your own rate of speech, your voice, and don't be too worried about using a lot of pausing at the start. So in other words, be very conscious of when you finish a sentence of actually pausing. Um, maybe this is in combination with PowerPoint slide, for example. So get into the habit of sort of stopping and slowing things down very um, forcefully uh, in yourself so that you actually do start to slow your speech down in the process of doing that. So making a habit of pausing at the end of a sentence, pausing after a key idea, pausing after a major point on a PowerPoint, this will start to slow you down and get you back into a normal sort of rhythm. Um, the other thing I was going to mention too was make sure that you ask a lot of questions at the start of a presentation or a training session. This slows you down as well, which means you have to listen. Uh, you can then respond to the, the questions and in, in the process of doing that, again, you're spilling off some of the energy that you may have had. Question two was regarding video cameras and how do I um, shoot a training video. I do have some really good tips on my website with a short sort of slideshow presentation in this area that will give you much more than what I'm going to cover here, so please follow that up. Um, but what I really want to talk about here is the actual sort of cameras that you can use. Basically three sort of types. One is the uh, webcam that typically comes with your laptop or computer, quite often used with things like Skype. 
the second one is a video camera that's built into a range of other devices such as uh, a camera that a, sort of a, a pocket camera that you use um, an iPod um, some of the new nanos have uh, good cameras built into them and a range of other sort of smaller I guess less expensive cameras and the third option is obviously the, uh, the camcorder uh, and in most cases now the digital camcorder the first one uh, the webcam or the little camera built into your laptop, for example. Uh, personally, I don't use them um, for sort of videos like this. Obviously, it's going to be very difficult to carry around your laptop uh, to certain sort of locations and shoot using it. Generally, the quality is very low um, and very poor. Uh, you do see some very well-known bloggers, for example, and other people on the internet who use do use webcams, but you'll notice it straight away. It's very grainy. Uh, doesn't work very well and typically you can sort of see that they're actually um, talking down over it because uh, it's generally sort of looking up at them. Um, so if it's all you've got, fine, uh, but I would avoid them and I would use the other two options. Now the second option is uh, one of the cheaper sort of uh, video cameras that built into typically something else. Uh, you might have one in an iPhone, an iPod, uh, like this brand new uh, Nano. Uh, it might also be incorporated into a range of other sort of music, musical gadgets, uh, maybe even the iPad, etc. Um, now, the surprising thing, and I'm going to talk about this one today, is and uh, because I have recommended it to some people, is that if you have a little look at the, where it is, the, the camera and the microphone just there, that very small spot, uh, surprising the quality of some of these now. Some, no, uh, no I wouldn't use them, but try them out, have a look on the internet and see what other people say but this one is excellent but only if you're going to be sort of interviewing people like this uh, fairly close. Uh, it has no sort of uh, zoom functions it isn't a camera so you can't take stills with it uh, and it doesn't, you can't adjust the contrast and a whole range of other things but for an up close uh, interview with someone this is a, an excellent video with a great microphone which could be used very easily on YouTube, iTunes, etc. And obviously one of the, the benefits of this is that apart from the camera you can actually uh, also use the, the music, it's also an FM radio, um, download podcast, uh, all sorts of different things and, and this one travels with me quite often when I go for a run, a bike ride, uh, on planes, all sorts of different stuff. So quite a useful tool. If it's with me, I can also take uh, video snaps anytime. Uh, and so if I see something and I want to shoot it, it it's right there in the pocket. Uh, so um, I'm going to show you a demonstration this uh, right now because I'm actually going to show you my other camera using this one. Okay, so this is me now shooting myself with a small iPod video camera. And I'm going to show the other camera that I normally use for most of my video work. So this is the other camera that I normally use. Um, when I first bought this, this was worth, I guess, a few thousand dollars. Uh, this is now um, probably only worth a couple of hundred dollars. And I'll just point out some of the key features um, that I've found that most people need to have in a, in a good professional sort of camcorder. Um, first thing, most of these now have stabilizers so that if you um, bump and shake it around a little bit, it stabilizes itself and makes the image much clearer. Second thing is that most of them actually don't have very good, um, well they do have a microphone but quite often it's not quite good enough. 
and hence most people um, when shooting sort of better videos end up using some sort of um, a microphone that is attached that is a, a much better microphone. Uh, so make sure that when you're buying a camera like this that you have uh, the option of plugging in an external microphone. The other really important thing I find with these now is that uh, the size of the hard drive, if you're going to shoot a lot of video then get one with a pretty good size. This one has 40 gigabytes and that's been plenty for me but they now come with much larger sizes. Make sure that it's uh, got a good set of um, controls and options. Most of them do now, um, but this one has a whole range of things that I can simply use. And there's also an automatic option so I don't have to uh, adjust the focus and the light, etc. One of the big questions that come up now with uh, camcorders like this is standard definition or high definition. Um, now, obviously, the, the better quality, the better it is. Uh, particularly, I guess, if it's more for um, you using it and watching it on your own computer. But it brings up a couple of key issues. High definition, you need um, software that's capable of editing high definition um, movies, and you won't find any of the free stuff doing that at the moment, as far as I know. Second thing is that the file size is going to be much, much larger because of high definition, so be aware of that. It's going to make it harder to upload it to things like YouTube, and it's going to be much more difficult to, um, for your participants to actually download it. Uh, so personally, at the moment, I'm sticking with standard definition. Um, it, it serves the purpose, and in fact, things like YouTube convert it back down to a lower quality anyway. Uh, they do actually have high definition options now, but they, they have limited that. So choice is yours, but for better looking training videos and more professional training videos, I would use some sort of camera that looks a little bit like this um, depending on how much money you've got in your budget and also make sure you get a good uh, microphone to go with it as well as a tripod which comes in very useful. That's the end of episode two. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you also enjoyed the, uh, the birds in the background and uh, this small slice of the central coast. Water just over there. Um, please subscribe to the blog. It will keep you up to date when the next one of these comes out in a fortnight's time, but also the Training Tips 5-6 video series and a whole host of other information. Um, one of the new things there is obviously the bookmarks too that I'm constantly updating. Uh, please send in more questions. Um, I might not be able to cover all the questions in this video, but I can also cover them in the blog. And good training and have fun.